Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. I'm Tony Haggerty. It's Tuesday, December the 13th. A Haggerty 10 Twitter handle. You know that off by heart now, or if you don't, you should. And I'm joined today by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW Twitter handle. Good morning, Sean. Morning, Tony. How are we? I'm all right. Yourself? Are you nice and warm? Right. Heating, I am. The heating's still working. The still working, although I did get hit with a... Uh... But a triple whammy at that point of my car uh, failing its MOT yesterday. So three figure sum to get that sorted uh, on oh, top yeah. of all the heat, Christmas and all that. So uh, never rains, but it pours, as they say, doesn't. So it? That leads us nicely on to subscribe to the Celtic way. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I mean, as a, a wonderful segue there, Sean, <laughs> into the strap line at the bottom, as you can see. There you have it. It's the Merry Christmas deal or festive deal. You can get 25% off the yearly rate, which takes it to £26. And also, if you subscribe, you can enjoy two months. No, it's a pound for two months of everything that we do right on the website. As you can see, running along the bottom. And all you have to do is hit the button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. So you can get 25% off the yearly rate, which you'll pay £26 for, or a pound for two months of full access. Take either deal. It's a good deal. And all you do is hit that button. You see at the bottom there, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. We've always got a deal for them, Sean, haven't we? Certainly do, yep. Certainly do. Christmas special this time. Or as you said, pull your own Christmas cracker. Pull your own Christmas cracker <laughs> if you watch the TikTok video. Yes, indeed, there you have it. Now, Sean Alistair Johnston checked in yesterday, didn't he? Yes. And he uttered his first uh, words as a Celtic player in the press conference, and he was good value. People seemed to enjoy it, didn't they? Yeah, aye. Um, I don't know, did anything stand out for you first before I go on? Because my, my answer's not going to be Celtic-related, really. So uh, if you've got a Celtic-related part that, that he answered, then, then by all means. Because I think he was good value in general, but um, but my standout was a, a Canada answer, actually. No, no, on you go. I'll let you have a, a pop at that on you. Have, well, it was just... Um, I, it was just, uh, as I say, I do think he was good value in general. I think he answered questions really well. I think you can tell that he's been a college athlete because it's a different type of coverage yeah. that you get over in North America for a, a college athlete the, the very experienced dealing with media, not necessarily the, the, the broadcasting senior, but certainly uh, they deal with a lot of media, so I think in that sense you could tell that he's he's uh, maybe wise beyond his years in that sense and he might be <laughs> he might be put up quite often uh, <laughs> might be the Matt O'Reilly Greg Taylor mould um, but what I found most interesting as I say, wasn't even a Celtic related answer really, it was his explanation of what Canada changed to become more competitive at international level. Yep. Uh, he referenced his, his ice hockey background, which if you've read our in-depth scout report, you'll know all about anyway. But he went further uh, this time mm. with a story about what it was like facing Mexico at altitude in the Azteca or going to Honduras and having your hotel fire alarm pool to disrupt your preparation and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And he said in response to that and in response to the kind of reputation that Canadians are too nice and all that kind of thing, uh, they got together and they decided that they would use their homeland to their advantage and play more games in the kind of frozen north and places like Edmonton and yep. different things, but also that they channel some of their ice hockey backgrounds into a more aggressive response. So if any opposition players tried to rough up one of theirs, they would all they would all go. Uh, they would all make it an issue. 
and I, I like that attitude, and I like that it brought it up. It's first Celtic kind of proper media Q and A. I suppose, Tony, I do wonder, just to get it back to actually talking about Celtic, I suppose I do wonder if he'll be asked to tone that kind of attitude down at Celtic because so far under Ange Postecoglou, I've said a few times that I wonder if he's asked the players not to get involved with opposition in that sense because it doesn't happen often, even though some of the Celtic players get, let's just call it the treatment, every other week. So I'm curious yeah. to see if Alistair Johnston brings that mentality over with him into game situations or not. Well, I mean, Andrew's always said that he encourages players to speak his mind, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, and a lot of them have. George Jakimakis being one of them. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I I like that as well, Sean. To be fair, I, I thought that was excellent the way he spoken. As you say, it. He just there was a confidence about him, wasn't there? A real air of confidence about him. And yeah, Michael Rossi seemed very keen and confident. And you know, and he and he said all the right the right things that. You know, he, he spoke to Wanyama and Wanyama told him that it's, you know, you've signed for the best club in the world, all that kind of yeah. stuff. He was, he, was, he was playing a wee bit of Celtic bingo, wasn't he, you know, so... Ticking uh, he, had the, he had the Wanyama thing, which I think he knew he knew what the response to that would be yeah. because obviously it was a story that came out a couple of weeks ago and uh, the Juranovic post-match yes, chat yeah. as well. Uh, it, yeah. does, it does him no harm, to be fair, to no, be praising one of the most popular guys in the dressing room, it, it, to be praising him before he comes in, direct competitor for the position or not. Uh, I think that was a wise move. Um, and, and he also spoke to me. I agree with you that he looked quite confident. He looked quite yeah. keen. He, he also spoke about uh, the Ange factor as well. The famous phone call got mentioned again, yeah. Yes, indeed, <laughs> you know, as they all do. And yeah, but it was it was just nice to see a, a guy who, you know, he just seemed really relaxed and comfortable in his skin and genuinely delighted and excited mm-hmm. and happy to be, you know, signing for a club like Celtic and just kind of, Wants to get on with it, doesn't he? Aye, and Wombat's coming in directly in response to me saying about the kind of the, the, the more aggressive attitude. If, if Angel maybe tell him to need to tone that down, I don't. We don't really get involved in that way here a lot. Uh, Wombat comes in and says, "Just about to say, Sean, Angel will nip that in the bud." Um, I'm interested to see it because I've said before, and I realise I can see why Ange Postecoglou would if he has. Can I tell people you don't get involved in that way because it just gives officials an excuse to, yeah. to book and send you off. And and it's true, and it, and it does do that. And but there are some instances where I think I, I can almost a show of solidarity is merited, and that's especially when players like Jota, players like well, virtually any of them really get get uh, get the treatment. Yeah, so and he brings that with him. I mean, on first glance, and if you're looking at the whole Q and A, I don't think he said anything untoward and out of order. No, but it's not really about what he's saying. It's more about, as I'm saying, on the park. Yeah, bring that with them in terms of that. I'll protect it, but my teammates at all cost attitude and stuff like that because they don't really they don't really indulge in that Celtic. Um, which, as I say, I can see the logic for it. I would like to see a wee bit more of it, a wee bit more of that edge to the the play if somebody's getting the treatment. But I think maybe he was just letting you know that he was Canadian and ice hockey's big over there. You know? Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe. You know, I, and I know you're a big basketball man, aren't you, Sean? So mm-hmm. yep. yeah, but I think he was maybe just getting a couple. I like of the heat, Tony. Basketball's indoors. That's what it's about. <laughs> I think he just got a couple of those references. He's indoors as well, to be fair. But <laughs> just in case you for, you forgot, but no, I was uh, I was very impressed with him. A young guy, I thought he spoke spoke very well. And as you mm-hmm. say, I think he'll be he'll be brought up. Quite a lot, wasn't he? Because he seemed, yep. he seemed as if he, it was second nature to him, like a lot mm-hmm. of guys who come from Canada and America are, and handling the media and was a big part of their education, isn't it? 
He seemed quite open, seemed quite uh, quite yeah. jumpy, quite happy, which does actually make a difference in a press conference sometimes. Um, <laughs> if that's the kind of if that's the kind of character that, that people are engaging with, but uh, no, nah, I suppose there's a few comments that, that I, I do agree with. As much as we're saying he's good value uh, in his press conference, there's a couple of comments saying, "Well, it only really matters what value he brings on the park," which is obviously true, but nonetheless, it's still if it maybe gives you a glimpse into the kind of character that's going into the dressing room in terms of that. So. But if the glimpse of the forum that he showed at the World Cup or anything to go by, then I think you'll do all right, Sean. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, there, there was more, I mean, we don't want to go through every Q&A uh, that he did yesterday, but he did single out Carl McGregor. He was asked about him um, and he says he's he's um, he's met him already uh, and that he's already seizes everything that you want from a captain and different things. So that bodes well as well, because there's, there's no option. You need to listen to Cal McGregor, don't you, Tony? Indeed, indeed, yes. There's a reason that every single Celtic player that does that, uh, this or that, or the teammates thing that the club do, every single one of them pick him as the best trainer. I don't think anybody's picked anyone <laughs> else yet in, in the year and a bit since Sans Postacoglu's come. I think if you're the captain, there is, there is that extra onus and responsibility on you to lead by example. And you only need to look at Scott Brown said it that he was a big voice in that dressing room. He was a yeah. big, big player. And Kieran Tierney, Kieran Tierney's aye, Kieran Tierney's the one I remember a long time ago and said he was captain material and he yeah. led by example. So Celtic, in terms of the captaincy, are in, in safe hands and he is the go to guy, isn't he? By the sounds of it, to a lot of the players, yeah. Yeah. you know, which which bodes well, which which is excellent. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh. I'm actually looking forward to see how Alistair Johnson fits in. Mm-hmm. He was he was quite comfortable as well because he was also asked about playing a you know an inverted fullback role and he gave yeah, a yeah. to that mm-hmm. as well. You know, so uh, you know he, he was uh, as I say he was quite a confident young man. Mm-hmm. Just hoping he can take that onto the pitch. And um, uh, Andrew Galea saying he wonders how that confidence will go about getting a chat out of Ange. That's obviously in reference to the. The well trodden story, yeah. The, the well trodden story at this point, Tony. I think it's been used about six times in the last yeah. year. But it's yeah. uh, Ryan McGowan's kind of quotes about sitting next to Ange Postecoglou on the plane surfaced again in the last couple of days. Um, so I take it that's what Andrew's referring to. So he might that confidence might not get a chat out of Ange, but <laughs> I think that's maybe better. I don't think many of them do, do they? So no, he won't be alone in that. So and uh, Kevin Crawford just reiterating the McGregor thing, saying he sets the standard. Seems to set it in training. And in the games, um, and with it, the way that they want to play, so yep. Now, Michael Ross asked this question, Sean, which is a yep. nice segue into our next topic. So, what is the latest on Magdi? Well, if you were on the website yesterday, you'll notice that I put up an update on that, Sean, saying that he's wanted by no less. Than, well, he's got six offers, he's mulling them over, isn't he? Yes, I, yep. Uh, you progressed that story again, Tony, yesterday. That's the second time with this story you've progressed it. Um, found out that although the reports that, that Saudi Arabian side Al-Batin are in the running for a loan deal, eh, as you say, he's up to six offers to consider and Celtic aren't explicit rule, explicitly ruled out just yet. Yeah. Um, so I pulled the trigger on a Stuart Ross scout report in any case, Tony. <laughs> eh, that's up there on the site just now. It makes yes. for really, really intriguing reading in my opinion because, as I said last week, I was kind of excited by the thought of this guy just on what I'd seen and what I'd read, um, the impact mm-hmm. he'd made at Al-Akhli. Um, but he offers so much as a technical footballer, and Stuart even points out specifically how useful he would be against some of the SPFL low-block tactics. 
that said, he does say that there's a couple of areas that he would need to show improvement and to seriously kind of challenge for prolonged game time in the Celtic starting yeah. 11. So, I, I, as always, really good in-depth read from Stuart and I'll put the link in the comments for you. Indeed, he's, he's also got offers from Holland and Sweden yes, uh, to, to mull over. And so this one, I, I think the, the Albertine uh, deal is not certainly done yet. I think they're trying to do what's best for the player and uh, that'll come out in the, the fullness of time. But I, I certainly think it's fair to say that Magdy will be on the move somewhere, Sean, and Glasgow not being ruled out as a destination. No, I mean, you, you were saying it was your understanding from talking to someone close to him that the prospect of playing in a Glasgow derby would have been one of the bigger motivators yeah. if, I, if I moved to Celtic was to actually uh, firm up any. Uh, but I, as you say, plenty of offers. Michael Ross coming in the comments here, I can see saying, if he does go to Saudi Arabia, does that suggest he's money motivated? I would suggest probably yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah. Because he's already playing for the most successful club well in the world, but obviously in Africa. Um so, yeah, I think if he does go to Saudi Arabia, that is what you can infer from that. Uh, if he moves to Europe, it's maybe more about a professional challenge, Tony. Yeah, I think uh, if, if you're coming to Europe, you're, you know, you're trying to put yourself on the, on the map, basically, aren't you, in terms of and further your career, in terms of maybe winning things and being successful. And I know he's with Al Ackley and he's won mm -hmm. a couple of Champions Leagues over there, hasn't he? So... That's fair enough, but I scored think... Scored both finals as well, Tony. What's that, sorry? Scored in both uh, yeah, scored the, both, uh, Champions League finals, Champions yeah. League finals, yeah. So I think uh, he maybe want to make his name in Europe and mm -hmm. do something with a club. But again, I think uh, if, you're, if you're at this point in your career and you are moving to Saudi Arabia, then it does say something about your mentality in terms of what motivates you. I you know, so, so, yeah. And I think if you're going to Saudi Arabia, then... I think uh, the commenter's right. You're money motivated, then, aren't you? It's not. It's not really about the challenge. Although Frank Brennan, good to see you back as well, Frank. Um, but he has made a, a fair point. I think Tony that we're all money motivated in some shape or form, uh, unless of course you're St Francis of Assisi and Mother Teresa. But I think there's different there's different levels of it, Tony, isn't there? Like you're obviously. Mm -hmm to earn a living is a different thing from, from just chasing the, the big bucks, that kind of thing. You look at Matt O'Reilly, could have easily have sat and got decent money at, um, at Fulham to, to continue his development there, but ultimately would rather have prioritised getting first-team game time. That ended up with him not getting any club for a while, training yeah. in the part of the stad. He moved down a league to go to MK Dons, and then his ability shone through, trusted his, trusted his self, bet on himself, and he's ended up at Celtic in the Champions League on the fringes of the Denmark squad. Um, so I think there's a difference, although I do agree with what Frank is saying that to a certain extent everybody is. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I guess that to a certain extent is Frank's comment. But I think in terms of football, you know, you you really you really do want to come to Europe and test yeah. yourself, don't you, and be a big player because he he is tipped as the next best or the next big Egyptian footballer. Isn't he? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's 26, he's so it's not, like, it's not like he's a, a rising yeah. star or anything, but he's already, as I say, been a standout for Al Ackley, which yeah, he's yeah. done it on the bigger stage of the Champions League yeah. as well, which is why I'm kind of excited by it. He's made, well, <laughs> he literally scored the winning goal in the first one, scored in the second one, uh, the one back-to-back -back, uh, CAF Champions League titles. Um, the fact that he's been playing for a club that, like, how, almost how, how much better prep do you want for Celtic than a club 
course. They were the world's most successful club, basically, and um, and and has to win and compete in every tournament every year. So in that sense, I've been quite I've been quite intrigued, quite excited if he did come just to see how he adapted and to see the difference between uh, Celtic and Alakley. But um, and, yeah. And, uh, and I was intrigued as well when I spoke to the person who did say, they said to me, because I asked if Scotland was ruled out as a destination, they said no, mm-hmm. because of the, the challenge in playing in front, you know, playing in a, mm-hmm. uh, a Celtic Rangers match because it was world famous. And so th- uh, these are considerations that players actually do take on yeah. board. And uh, I guess if he wants a challenge, then... One of the bigger challenges out there, isn't it? Coming to Celtic under Ange and trying to make Celtic a noise in Europe and dominate domestically for, for you know a period. So we'll see what happens, but it's still bubbling away the Mohamed Magdi deal to possibly Albertine, but there's another well four or five or well five offers then because I think you said he was mulling over six, some from Holland and Sweden as well. So it means uh, it means an interesting one, Sean, and I think Celtic fans don't want to get too excited, just in case he doesn't come. But yeah. when you look at Stuart Ross's scouting report, your own thoughts on him, and people uh-huh. hear that, and you speak about him, and speak about what he has achieved in his career so far, it's, it's hard not to think he could be a fit for Celtic. That's that's the way I'm thinking about it, yeah. And um, all you can do is, I suppose, wait and see. You've progressed the story twice. Well, the the proof will be in the. And yeah. the deal that's announced the next few days, you would think. Uh, Beach Boys also making a good point here, which is sometimes mm-hmm. when we say you, you should want to come to Europe, sometimes that is a bit conceited in, in, on our part and saying like you, you need to come to Europe because you'd obviously you don't. People can carve yeah. out not only lucrative but successful careers in in Africa. Al Ahly is obviously one of those clubs, but in this instance with that Saudi team, they're not exactly. It's not a it's not a team that's necessarily competing for all honours. So if he does go to that team, you would I think it's fair enough what Michael Ross says that it would be for money. But Beach yeah. Boys coming away a, a very good point that it's not from the UK that he'd be moving to Saudi Arabia. He'd be moving from Egypt, so it's less of a less of an upheaval and maybe yeah. more, more more appealing in that way too. Of course, well, he has gone on record as saying he he, he would have, he would have stayed at Al Ahly for the rest of his career mm-hmm. uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I just think maybe. Maybe it is economics that's dictating that he, he has to go because he now is worth more than maybe Al Ackley can no, pay him. So, and, and his agents are obviously uh, on board with that and trying to get him a, a lucrative move somewhere. So and yeah. it's, the players, it's the player's prerogative to go where he wants and for whatever reason he wants. We can speculate all day, but at the end yeah. of the day, It'll be Magda and his agents that decide ultimately where he goes. I think uh, I think there's just, as you say, possible excitement of the thought that he might come to Celtic. Just get to see Celtic in the mix and see what happens. Well, that's it, I think, yeah. I think that's a fair enough shout. Uh, there's a there's a question here, Tony, Go on. Um, that yeah. I might actually throw up for you. And it's um, uh, Andrew Gillier. Rank the midfielders first selected down. Oof. I'm going to put you on the spot here, but I'm also going to throw this up so that nobody's forgotten, uh, if I can find it. So have a wee think. I, I know my order, Tony. I, I don't think I'm, 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 part of, I'm kind of setting my order, so it's just more if you've got any... Well, in terms of rank, what does he mean, rank them in terms of... He play, first I mean, selected, so first choice to last choice, basically, is what he's saying. I'll put that up um, quickly. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's your tried and tested three which we've, 
we don't and haven't really deviated from unless forced to this season. I think they are, those three are a, an immovable object, shall I say, in mm. terms of the midfield, because I, I just think there's great balance here in the midfield mm. when, when those three play. In order, to answer his question, Andrew, in order, I'd say McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, yeah, um, Turnbull, Moy. You can maybe have them. I would maybe switch Moy and Turnbull. Maybe have them swap, yeah. And then, um, and then it's, I suppose, Abelgard, McCarthy, Adeguchi, but you could have them at, them at a level because I just don't think any of them are really really that close to getting game time just now. But, no, but um, that, And then that, you've got Alexa Banovic you could throw in there as a centre mid, but obviously he plays mostly on the wing. That triumvirate there is your one, two, three, in my opinion. Also your opinion as well. And I think most Celtic supporters, when they see that midfield three, are, they feel good. They kind of nod sagely, don't they, and say, yep, Managers called the midfield spot on. <laughs> it's oh, up yeah. to those round about them to perform to their high standards. But those three are footballers, Sean. I, I, I get out. You mm-hmm. can't hide from the fact that, and they function when the three of them play together. They have developed a really good understanding. They're exciting to watch. And don't, you know, Celtic supporters love watching good footballers, don't they? And those three, yeah. Are, yeah. when they bring their A game, they're, they're pretty hard to stop, as the manager says on a and a few times when they bring their, their, their A game and they play their brand of football, with those three in the middle of the park, Celtic are hard to stop. Uh, Andrew Galea says his point is that if the, you buy another midfielder, does Turnbull go down the list? He might. He might do. Um, there might just be more rotation at both of the eights. Um, I'd, I'd see, and, and Stuart Ross also kind of said this, that uh, Magdy would potentially be the, the O'Reilly backup rather than the, well, the one competing with O'Reilly. For, for the minutes at the kind of right side of date, which is the one that goes more advanced, rather than Hatati, which is where Turnbull tends to come on and play. Um, so it would almost be you've got two there rather than just either, either Moy or Turnbull having to kind of switch back and forth and see who replaces who, depending on who's available. Because you've got to remember, Matt O'Reilly's been playing out of position for 11 games in a row or something. Mm-hmm. Well, McGregor said he won't be playing there anymore. He'll be back further forward, you would think. Yeah, indeed. And, and listen, I... I think Turnbull's a smashing footballer. I think he's terrific, but I just think that he's finding it hard to get game time because of the form of those three. Those three are I still expect more. him to get a new deal, though, Tony. I said this at yeah. the start of the season. He'd be one of my. He was one of the the preseason predictions. I, I predicted he'd get a new deal before the January transfer window. The time's running out for that, right enough. But his contract <laughs> it's twenty twenty four still. Um, so I, I I still do think that a new contract for him will be in the works. Um, and I think the kind of game time issues. Yeah, and I think Aaron Moyes for him at the World Cup showed that he still he can still kick it. And I mean, yeah. I I think he, more importantly, his form with Celtic is showing he can still kick yeah. it. Because I think with Australia, it's a totally different game you're playing. I, 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 as much as I give him his plaudits for mm. for being uh, for enjoying a really good World Cup, I don't think you look too much in it from a Celtic perspective just because of the way Australia play. I yeah. think. He's form with Celtic, though, as much as I've said in, in the power rankings when we discussed him and that, that it's been up and down, and I think that's a fair comment. It has been up and down. Um, he certainly has offered something. Uh, and unlike the likes of McCarthy and Adeguchi, he's been selected. Yes. He's been selected. He gets game time. He has played. Ange Postecoglou trusts him. And he, he has put in some really good performances as well. So, aye, I'd agree with that. Indeed. But <laughs> Andrew Gillia saying Moy's bulletproof, Sean. There you go. <laughs> Expect nothing less from Andrew. Less. <laughs> uh, uh, I've got cool. one more comment here for Tony Tony before we move Ooh. on to the fixtures. It kind of it kind of comes into the fixtures, I suppose. But Wombat 
Uh, ask can the new boys play before the window opens? Uh, no, they've had to sign no. insurance forms in it, Tony, to, yes. to make sure they can train. Um, yeah. But in terms of actually playing a competitive game, the registration window doesn't open till the first of January. Yeah, um, and that's when it starts. Yeah. So, indeed, yes. Now, young Aidan had a look at the the fixtures, Sean, didn't he? he the Celtic Digest piece and uh, about Celtic's fixtures coming up, starting with Aberdeen on Saturday, Sean. Mm -hmm. And we're looking forward to that, the return of uh, domestic football. Can't wait for that. But Aidan's had a look at the next five. Not getting too far ahead, but he's just kind of saying it could be season-defining. Do you go along with that, Sean? Uh, I think you could say that about any stretch of Celtic fixtures, really, because <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you drop points in a few, suddenly it's all right, what's, what's happening here? Uh, but no, I do, I do take I take him at face value. I think I think he's got a point. I think it culminates in that Glasgow derby at Ibrox in January the second. Aidan's pointing out if Celtic win all their games, even presuming that Rangers win all their games, Celtic could begin into that game to go twelve points clear. That's yeah. a very big presumption that both teams are going to win every game. Yeah. Uh, Rangers have got to get used to a new manager. In the meantime, you don't know what effect that will have. It's not a given that it will be a bounce. It could, but it could take adjustment period. It could take an adjustment period. Um, whereas Celtic. There was a tongue-in-cheek comment earlier on. I can't, I can't quite find it. I, as Andrew Galea again, we haven't won a game over the break. Must get back to winning ways. Uh, tongue-in-cheek, mm. obviously, but he's not. He isn't wrong. They've, 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 they've lost and drew the friendlies that um, that they've played. But domestically, Tony, apart from that St. Mirren game, it's been imperious. It's been flawless, except for yeah. that that game uh, that game in Paisley. So the the smart money is on Celtic continuing where they left off. I don't think that can be levelled over at, uh, at Ibrox. You don't know what effect that, that new manager is going to have. Um, yeah. But ultimately, it comes back to what Ange Postecoglou was saying this time last year when it was Celtic that were behind in the race. And yeah, that yeah. is that you're on your own race. You concentrate on your own points. You concentrate on picking up your own wins. And the rest will take care of itself come May. And right now, Celtic are in a position where if they do that, there is no stopping them. Indeed. Uh, I totally agree with that. But then you... You know, it is a stretch of games that come come the end of it, come the second of January, you'll be in a better place to know how your season or the rest of the season will shape up. You know, the nine-point cushion that they've got is terrific. As you say, Rangers might or may not get a new manager bounce. I think with a new manager coming in, they'll have wanted to play games straight away and that delay, I mean, it works both ways, doesn't it? He's got time to work yeah. with the players, get some shape into them, then they'll hope then they will hope that forum comes after that. But you know it can it can go two ways. But mm -hmm. Celtic have been tickling along nicely, and domestically, as you say, the Superman game apart, then fine. But it's a tricky one to come back to. It is, yeah, you know. And Aidan actually mentioned, sorry, Aidan actually mentions in in, in his piece uh, that I've put the link to in the comments. Aberdeen have got a really good home record um, this Premiership season. They've won six out of seven. Yeah. And I've also got a striker in Bojan Majowski who is clinical because Aiden Aiden had a, a nice wee nugget of uh, of a start um, that although he's netted eleven times, his last four goals have come from four shots on target in the games. He's not had any shots off target, but he's and he scored. So he doesn't necessarily get that many shots. Basically, is what he's saying, but he tends to score when he gets them. So, and I know yeah. there's been a break, and that can interrupt form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it can interrupt form when there's a break and stuff, but certainly, and Patrick McLaughlin's saying it now, he's a, he's dangerous, that Aberdeen striker, so there is a danger there, Pataudry, although Celtic, Celtic are good at Pataudry, usually, um, nonetheless, Aberdeen's record at Pataudry this year is good, 
So as a as a, a hard game to come back to, you're right. And even beyond that, the games that they've got, Livingston at home now, Livingston at Almondvale is a different prospect, and even that Postacoglu's kind of banished that ghost well. Um, so Livingston at home is maybe not as 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 difficult as what it otherwise might have been. But St Johnston are resurgent as well. The next game, which is home, so you'd you'd expect it to be it'd be decent. Hibs away. Aiden makes the point that a six-one win against them the last time in the James Forest hat trick is unlikely to be quite that kind of game again at, at Easter Road. They've been, I suppose, out of the out of the five opponents, they're the they're the worst if you want to put it that way in terms of forum where they are in the league, that kind of thing. And then after that, you go to Ibrox. So it, it is it's five quite difficult games on on paper. But as we say, if Celtic come back in any way uh, like they were before that break then simply running their own race is good enough. I think the manager will have them bang at it, Sean. Players always speak about that, that uh, the complacency won't creep in and they won't uh, they won't stop and they'll keep being relentless. So I, I think, uh, whilst I don't think it's any by any stretch a given on Saturday, but I still think Celtic will come out the traps. And uh, yeah, but it's, it's, still, it's still a difficult, difficult fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, put the comp- uh, Andrew Galea saying the derby is crucial always is um, I'd agree with that Brown Warrior comes in saying he thinks big wins and easier games which I presume he means more straightforward games are more likely with Cal McGregor back in the side than not I think I honestly think Matt O'Reilly's done himself a credit replacing <coughs> Cal McGregor but I do oh, yeah. take Brown Warrior's point here that obviously with McGregor back in the team you'd naturally expect the performances to, to be to be well I was going to say better, but they won 11 out of 12. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I won, sorry, won 11 out of 11. What am I saying? We won 11 out of 11 um, with McGregor out. So, I, I, I take his point, Tony, but I do still think that Matt O'Reilly deserves a, a lot of credit for the way that he played in that role. I still think if Celtic go into that January the second game, nine points or even more points ahead, depending on what happens mm-hmm. with, the, with Rangers, then that's they're in good shape. You know, or they will be in good shape for, for what's to come. No, the league isn't won. And it's never won in January. No, nobody's, saying, nobody's saying that. But it's just, it's just how they they both come back and deal with this stretch of games leading up to Ibrox in January the 2nd. And uh, as I say, if Celtic can maintain their nine-point lead or even stretch it, then I think uh, it bodes well. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Um, Patrick McLaughlin just asking, is the St Johnston game on Christmas Eve an early kick-off? Yes, it is. It's half 12, I think, Tony. It's now it was changed, wasn't it? Yes, uh, it was changed. It was meant to be three, I think, and it's half yeah. 12. Yes, it is indeed. Well, it's half an hour gone already, Sean, eh? Unbelievable. Yep. You can't beat it. And we're still, we're still waiting for, excitedly for the football to return. Countdown's on, Sean. What's that? Wednesday, Thursday, another three days to build up. Not long now, I not long now. Yes, it's uh, coming back. Okay, I'm going to throw this one at you, Sean. Yep. Heart, is your heart going to roll your head? Messi or Juranovic tonight? Who do I think will win it? I think uh, Argentina had a better team, but they've not actually been playing all that well. I don't think they've kind of been relying on Messi pulling something out of the bag, whether yes. it's a, an assist or a penalty or, or a goal, but... Um, so I wouldn't rule out Croatia. I think as a team, Croatia have been maybe playing a wee bit better, even though obviously the best player on the part is going to be an Argentina's team. But I, I wouldn't rule out Croatia. They're everybody's favourite underdogs as well. So There's a kind of clash of romantics here, isn't there? Because everybody wants Messi to maybe bow out on the world stage by getting his hands on the World Cup. 
but mm-hmm. also Luka Modric as well. Yeah, so have a soft spot for Luka Modric in Croatia, and then obviously some Celtic supporters will maybe want Croatia to to win because of the Juranovic factor. So Michael Ross like to see Messi lift the trophy. So depends depends what way your romantic heart swings, isn't it, Sean? Aye, I mean, I, I mean, technically, I'm still not running to get at least one prediction right. Yes, if Argentina yes. do win it, um, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think um, the other semi-final, France versus Morocco. If Morocco were to get to the final, then I think a lot of neutrals would be wanting to see them win it. But yeah. I think when you go France getting through, I think whoever, whoever, whoever wins this semi-final tonight is who the most neutrals will want to win the final. Because I think there'll be the Messi factor, or there'll be the Croatia. Because everybody likes Modric, everybody likes Croatia. Mm-hmm. Is, is their kind of favourite underdogs. I would quite like it not to be a repeat of the last World Cup final, but yeah, I, don't know, yeah. I don't really like a World Cup final repeating if, if possible. But Morocco, Morocco are the Cinderella Greece Euro 2004 story, aren't they? So, uh, yeah. Would it be more impressive than that? I think it probably would be, wouldn't it? No, it would be, of course it would be more impressive, uh, but I'm just talking about an underdog coming. Oh, yeah, Cinderella story. Yeah. So, uh, I think... Uh, There'll be a lot of neutrals supporting Morocco tomorrow, but mm-hmm. I think your heart's splitting too tonight, isn't it? Messi and Juranovic. I'll, I'll hopefully get to watch it, hopefully get the time to watch it, but it's um, if Juranovic puts in anywhere near the kind of performance that he put in uh, against Brazil, it will be a difficult night for Argentina, to be honest. Uh, really? It was very, very good. Very good. I've seen a couple of comments, and I got a couple of comments on Twitter because I shared a couple of quotes from uh, the BBC broadcast. Alex Scott was um, was uh, quite uh, full of praise for him. And a couple of comments came back saying, well, why did they not do it against Vinicius Junior? The, the two times Celtic played him. And, and I was like, right, fa- fair enough. But at the same time, credit where credit's due. He's done it in a World Cup quarterfinal against Brazil. Yeah. It doesn't get much higher at that stage, does it, to be honest? But there you go. Well, we'll be back tomorrow with more Celtic chat. Just thought I'd end it there with... No, fair enough. Bringing up Juranovic, we wish him well. We wish Messi well as well, because everybody loves Messi, don't they? To the victor, the spoils, as they say, Sean. We'll see what happens. But, guys, just flick it up again, the... Strap line and our Merry Christmas festive deal. You can get 25% off the yearly rate, which takes it to a wonderful £26. And also, if you subscribe to the Celtic Way, you can enjoy two months of free access for a pound. Take whatever Christmas cracker deal you want from that. And all you have to do is hit a button www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. We thank everybody that's subscribed so far. We yep. enjoy the chat. Thank you, Andrew. We enjoy the interaction every day. We're on here every morning, 10 o'clock-ish. Isn't that right, Sean? 10 o'clock-ish. 10 o'clock-ish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we we love the banter. We don't take ourselves that seriously. And all we do is talk about the, the club that everybody loves yep. and uh, follows. And, and uh, we enjoy it. We hope you guys enjoy it. And, we thank you for your subscriptions and because, uh, yeah, we couldn't do it without you. We always say that, but built yeah. up a wonderful wee community here and uh, we hope you guys get the best of it as well. Sean, yeah. thank you. Contribution to us, as always. Appreciate it. Take care. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys.